Hi and welcome to another episode of The Shooter's Roll. I'm Reg and I'm joined by Dee Swizzle on my left and T on my right. How you going? How you going? Good. I'm excited. Talking NBA, favorite time of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get it going. Yeah. Well, this week we'll be talking about um, rookies to watch for the 2019-2020 season. Um, we are not far away from from um, the season opener and the rookies this season are really exciting. I mean, there's one standout in particular, but um, there are others, and we'll talk about them in this um, in this episode. Um, so, T, do you want to start us off? Yep. So, I'll go with obvious one that um, the whole league's been talking about since he was in high school, uh, Zion Williamson. So, I'm excited by him. He's uh, he's six eight. He's a power forward. Scored 22 points, 0.6 points per game, 8.9 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and 2.1 steals, and also 1.8 blocks. So I'm excited to see him if, if he can actually match, he can replicate these stats in, in the NBA. Uh, there hasn't been a rookie uh, that's had this much hype um, since LeBron James. So for him to come out, um, he's He's pretty much uh, achieved at every level. Uh, in high school, we came out, uh, came out, um, killed it. Then he went to college, Duke, um, and then yeah, he, there was talk of them going undefeated for the year, mainly because of him. But they didn't. <laughs> but they nearly did. <laughs> but the hype is there, right? So it's a hype yeah. machine, and he's, and he's also on a team that um, they they would like to make the playoffs, but but there's no pressure there. Like anytime the GM or the coach talks about that, they say like a hey, Zion. Is not a player where you can give him the boy to his school. So they're taking that pressure off him. And because they got that, all, all those young players from the Lakers, yeah. um, it allows him to be part of that bunch. Uh, if, he, if, if he comes through as a leader, um, it's a bonus. But, but I, I think from, my, um, from me watching him since high school, uh, he's, he's got nothing to lose. He, like, he, pressure doesn't, doesn't get to him. He just goes out and does what he does. What he does. So I watched this, uh, the highlights last night of the preseason game of this time of recording. Uh, his first um, his first points were dunk in your face, like he was fearless. Uh, he's going up against the seven footer, about to block him, fearless, dunked it on his face. So looking forward to that. What do you guys think? Well, for rookies to watch, I think you've hit the nail on the head. He will be the most exciting to watch purely because of the hype and. Everyone wants to know whether he is or he isn't going to live up to that hype. And that's why all eyes will be on the Pelicans this season, I think. Sure. Well, they've got 30, I believe it's 30, nationally televised games. That's more, well more than what the Pels had last year if they had any <laughs> to speak of. And that is the Zion effect. It's not because of Ingram. It's mm. not because of Lonzo. Uh, we'd like to think that it's because of JJ Reddick, but I don't think it is. <laughs> and it's purely on Zion's the hype that is Zion Williamson. Mm. So everyone will be watching, even if they don't want to watch. Mm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, D Swizz, who have you got? Um, I'm gonna focus in on um, Zion's college teammate, RJ Barrett. Mm. Uh, when Zion went down last year when he broke through his shoe, uh, it just um, 
to me, um, reinforce how much Duke was already relying upon Barrett. Um, coming out of high school at Monteverde, he was consensus number one prospect recruit to go into college. Um, the Zion hype sort of washed um, to over that and, and RJ sort of got lost within that hype. Um, not in his not by way of his play, but in terms of his profile. RJ was the number two, the sidekick in Duke, which was rare for him coming out of you know, high school being the number one prospect. But purely on stats alone, he averaged last year, he was one and done year with Duke, 22.6 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, 4.3 assists, shooting at 45% from the field. Uh, Three-point percentages need some work at only 30%, and his free-throw percentages also need some work, where he's only shooting about two-thirds of his free-throws. But in saying that, we've got a guy who's over two metres tall, is 92 kilos, um, sort of in the same frame as a Penny Hardaway, or in this particular case, because he's a lefty, there's that comparisons with, comparisons with James Harden. And I think that with RJ going to New York, he will be a standout there in a team at the moment that's still trying to find their way. There's no dominant personality in New York. Um, we covered this in a previous episode where they've, they've drafted a bunch of power forwards. Uh, there's... It's that cohesion factor, and I think with the way that RJ can facilitate as well as score, he will be an asset. Um, the Knicks definitely think so, drafting him at number three, and they didn't get cute about it. I think they drafted the best player on the board at the time, and they did the right thing. And with RJ coming up this season, with all with all rookies, it's going to be test, testing times, um, especially playing in the Big Apple, but um, he certainly has the goods Stewart didn't have a great summer league. Um, when you go through his stats in summer league, um, he played three games and only averaged 11 points a game, and he shot abysmally um, at that. But uh, his first preseason game, which happened last night, uh, he scored 17 points, seven rebounds, and clocked up three assists in that game against the Washington Wizards, uh, outplaying Rui as well, um, which bodes well for, for the, the season, and he played 39 minutes. So he's definitely got the motor to play um, on games. So I, the sky's the limit for RJ, and I think he's an intriguing prospect that can really carry um, this team and be the, the face of the franchise going forward. And that's a big call. I know. Who else did uh, I I guess that's that's the hope in, in New York. Uh, there always has to be a hope in New York every season. There's got the, the hope is is what we we live and breathe, my friend. It's that hope, and this guy is that guy. Yeah, uh, that's a lot to put on a, a rookie. That's, that's a lot to put on a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, see, see, and see how the Pelicans are doing with Zion. He's the most hyped. And he probably can't succeed, but they're putting that pressure on him. But in New York, there has to be a saviour. There has to be a saviour. And they put on RJ. So, 
and I, I, hopefully he can he can actually uh, make the challenge. But there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure for him to make that for sure. As a rookie, nineteen year old. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you went with the first draft pick, and you went with the third. third yeah. And so now we have to talk about the second. Yeah. Ja Morant, who got drafted um, second by the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, he is an offensive, um, a potential offensive superstar, I think. And um, on a team that's young, they got rid of um, Mike Conley at the end of last season. Um, this team is going to be younger and more energized, and um, Morant's more than likely going to have a starting spot, um, so he has he's in prime position to exceed uh, to excel. Um, and I think that with Moran, we're looking at someone who could potentially have the rookie season that someone like Trey Young had. Started off slow, was an um, an offensive superstar um, prior to joining the NBA, um, and took a while to get his his rhythm going. But I think by the end of the season, he's going to be. Um, he's going to be really important for the Grizzlies. Well, they've given him the keys to the kingdom, mm. and um, talk during the week was that his coach will let him play through his mistakes, which is a really big vote of confidence yeah. for a your cornerstone, um, your cornerstone piece for the Memphis Grizzlies. I like I like also the pieces that they've surrounded him with. Mm -hmm. uh, His combination with Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be really exciting. Yes, that's going to be the future one-two punch of the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies. And similarly, there's that hope. There's that yes. hope for Memphis that they will um, come back to relevance and and um, form a new identity outside of the grit and grind mantra. And definitely uh, Morant and Jaron Jackson um, while they'll bring some grit, they're, they're silky players. And for the new game, the, 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 the modernization of the game. And I, I do like to see um, he will do well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got rookie of the year, to be honest. Um, just because he is going to be that player, mm -hmm. the main principal player for Memphis. Look, I don't know if I can go past Zion, but that's a pretty decent bet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong with the number one or two picks. I'm not sure about number three pick. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a personal preference. Like, in terms of um, if John Morant was in another draft league without Zion, definitely I think we would go number one for sure. So he's just unlucky. And it's funny that number one and number two, I said number one and two and three, they all play with each other, except for, except for two, and two and three. So they all know each other quite well. So. Be interesting to see. You know who else got drafted number three though? Yeah. The GOAT, Michael Jordan. So I think RJ will be the standout. That is a lot of pressure. Sending this out to RJ, I'm going to tag you. <laughs> Alright, T, who else have you got to watch right. as a rookie? Yeah, so I'm going all the way down to the number nine pick. Um, so he's also six eight. Um, he in college he for Gonzaga he averaged nineteen point seven points, six point five rebounds, and his name is Rui Hachimura. Yeah, he represented uh, Japan. So he's I think he's half Japanese, half half American. Or, yeah, and yeah, he got picked number nine with Washington. Uh, what I saw was he scored um, 35 points against New Zealand in the walk-up warm-ups. Mm. Um, and just watching him in college, when he played against Zion, um, that nationally televised game, 
uh, Jeep was unfitted and Gazaga came in and he he was a dominant force. He was like pretty much unguardable. Like he got Zion into foul trouble, got the whole Duke line up into foul trouble. Uh, and he was just constant like when they when Gazaga needed a basket, he just scored. He's just like a machine. He's just you know, it was really hard to stop him. On the other side, when during that game too, I felt that uh, the Duke players struggled to to, to score with Rui um, in the middle. Rui in the middle, he, he played strong defense, uh, and he was just a solid player. Uh, he's got he's got all the tools um, to, to to be something special. I feel like the Knicks maybe should have picked him at number three, you know, but they, they went for the, the the obvious pick that was in all the draft or. Or, or the one by uh, draft, um, um, what's called picks or predictions. They, they, the next MJ. <laughs> you know, the next MJ. But um, yeah, so if he's the next MJ, I'm, I'm calling him this guy the next people. <laughs> With his mighty 69. Uh, yeah, he played really well. Uh, when he played against US 2, they shut him down because uh, Japan had, didn't have many players that they needed to guard. So they literally just double, triple teamed him and took him out of his game. So yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my second pick. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. You know what though, with Washington, mm-hmm. if Rui can stay healthy, he is going to have a lot of minutes coming his way. Um, they're not. I mean, they offered Beal an extension, a huge extension, which he hasn't signed yet. Um, but with with Beal being so expensive mm-hmm. and being that piece where. They, they don't want Beals to get hurt. Um, it's going to fall on the rebuild. Yeah. And and Rui is a, is a great piece for that team to build around in the event that Beal decides to walk yeah. after a walk. So um, he's got a good game. He's, a, he's got a very good game and, and it'll show um, with opportunity. And I think he's got that at Washington. Uh, my next pick, I'm going to go with a flat-out baller offensive player. Um, he absolutely ripped it in summer league. Tyler Harrow, uh, who was drafted 13th overall by the Miami Heat, um, former Kentucky Wildcat, averaged 14 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists in his solo year uh, playing for Kentucky. He started all 37 games in which he played. And um, the way he's just come about um, looking like a pure shooter, um, that unguardable um, spot-up guy who can also create off the dribble and shoot with finesse, um, I think the Heat have really found a gem here. when you think about who's on the Heat roster and you think about Butler and you think about Dion Waiters and you think about Dragic, um, guys who can dribble, penetrate and then kick out, um, they've got to kick out to someone who can shoot. Um, and I think Tyler will fill that that role for them in that team, much similar to the pure shooting that J.J. Redick has, has been in the past. Shamit, your boy Shamit, um, as well, um, who's up and coming now. Um, I think that Tyler has, and th- there's there's been a lot of talk about his game and the opportunities that he will have in Miami. It's a good spot for him. Um, I also like the fact that Bam, who is now going to be taking up um, Hassan Whiteside's minutes, is a better playmaker for a big, 
and he will be able to find shooters better than Hassan once had ever did. Mm. And I think that's going to be key for Tyler this year. So I'm, I'm really big on uh, Hero, and um, that is my my wrap on an intriguing rookie. Alright, um, so my third pick um, was the 22nd overall draft pick. Um, he got drafted by the Boston Celtics, Grant Williams. Um, so this guy, um, I didn't pick him because of his offensive prowess or his, um, you know, defensive game. Um, I think he'll be exciting to watch because of how he will fit into this Celtics team. So Brad Stevens has recently come out and said, um, you know, he's picking things up really quickly, but the thing that um, Brad Stevens is really excited about is this kid's intuitive yeah. knack for the game, um, which I think will go really well with the Boston Celtics, um, who play a really like team-focused game. Um, so I think that is why he'll be exciting to watch, and I think also the fact that he's come out um, a few times in interviews and said, look, I'm not worried about stats. I'm not interested in any of that. I just want the win. And I think that's a really good attitude to have for yeah. a rookie yeah. um, in a team like the Boston Celtics that has such a high standard. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm interested to see how he fits and how he plays and um, and the different roles that he might take because there's talk about him you know, playing in different roles and, and having different kind of responsibilities in the team. So I want to see how he adapts to all of that and how his level of maturity um, translates into the professional game. That's a deep sleeper there. It is, it is. Yeah, it's intriguing. I don't know about It's very intriguing. Yeah. But he's certainly in a very good system mm. uh, where he won't be jacking up shots and being inefficient. I think that, that that's a problem with a lot of rookies is they'll go and get their stats and pad up their stats. Yeah. Because it makes them look better. Yeah, and the voting for the for the rookie of the year voting. Yeah. Um, yeah, people like Hoffman. So. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I mean, we're comparing him to other rookies who have been drafted by teams that are rebuilding and have a pretty young um, kind of starting five. And it's true, and, true. And this guy is coming into a really well-established team and um, is looking to try and prove himself and fit into this already existing um, environment. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, how he goes against all of those other rookies. Certainly got a good coach for it. Mm. Excellent. All right. Excellent. Um, any mm. final thoughts? Any um, additional rookies that you might want to? You your boy down in um, Nuggets. You want to talk about? Uh, look, uh, <laughs> I, I think I think Bol Bol um, is 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 on a two way. Um, it's just a little stacked. Yeah, with the Nuggets, there's, there's, there's going to be, um, he's an intriguing prospect because he's certainly come from um, the right genes, given his old man balled out and, 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 and set the tone for um, players from Africa who um, were coming into the league, um, even back in the day where um, the, the perception was that if, you know, if if you're not American, mm. you're you're not going to succeed here. And I think um, he was a trailblazer in that in that regard. But in terms of ball ball, Bill, there's certainly some intriguing parts of his game, but there won't be. Um, I don't think there'll be that opportunity for him to showcase it. Not immediately, anyway. 
in, in Denver. I think there's just too many key role players in front of him. Um, but certainly wants to develop. And, um, you know, they, the, the Nuggets took him, like, um, they, take, they took him about 44. So there's, there's definitely some value there if you, can, if you can get on board with it. I mean, we all do love the late draft picks and, and, and especially the ones who succeed. Um, one comes to my mind is Isaiah Thomas and the way he balled out in, in, in Boston in his time there and coming in into the league being the last draft pick in the second round uh, and, and making the most of it. But, yeah, opportunities need to come up. And if that's by way of injury, unfortunately, that's that's the way things happen. But you've got to grab your chances. Just because the Nuggets, they have um, they pretty much want to come first in the league. Yeah. So they're pushing for that. They want to have time to establish all these young, young players. To go with the bits, yeah, but you're right. There's an injury, or there might be a chance for a trade. You know, if they can show up their roster and maybe Bobo can opportunity somewhere else. And it might not happen immediately. Well, mm. we're talking whilst we're on the Nuggets. Mm. Um, there's talk during um, the week about Michael Porter Jr. Um, after a very injury plagued season, um, where he might be coming into a starting role because of that potential and because players. Um, and GMs and execs thought very highly of him, and, and now he's he's starting to get healthy and play, and it might take Bol Bol some time to get into the rotation. But everyone loves a winner, and I think the winning culture, and, and this is something I've talked about in a previous podcast, I think that builds confidence in a player. You'd rather be on a winning team than a losing team, of course. quite frankly. Um, and that just feeds off positive vibes and reinforces bad, it gets rid of bad habits because bad habits get eradicated straight away in winning teams. And reinforces basic foundations. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Looking forward to the season. Yes, there yeah. are quite a few rookies to watch this season. Um, thank you guys for joining me and thank you for watching. This has been another episode of The Shooter's Role.